gets a contract extension. Owen Beck gets an ELC signing. Logan Mayu signs also an ELC. And we'll talk about those five losses in preseason. This is the Hockey Flow. I'm pleased to share it with Adam Boucher and Marco D'Amico, so let's get right to them. Adam, tell us through this new Allen contract, and what do we need to know? Yeah, so Jake Allen got signed uh, to a... I'm trying to open it up. He got a, a million-dollar raise, basically, uh, from his former contract that's going to be expiring, and he got a two-year extension. Um, that's basically what you needed for that team. We, we Marco mentioned it last week. We need, we basically need Allen and Nett to, to have a chance to win this year. Um, and yeah, it basically gives an extra year to Primo basically playing in Laval this year. That, that And next year you have Allen who's going to probably mentor uh, who's probably going to mentor um, Jake Allen afterwards when Montabo leaves. So that's, it's a great signing for the team. Yeah, I mean, I think Jake Allen just you know, you look at what's going to be available on the free agent market next summer, and you're not going to really find a better replacement for a cheaper contract. So for me, it's, it makes a ton of sense. I think that, you know, yes, you could have traded him and you probably would have traded him for like a second round pick and a prospect. Those that think that he was going to get a first round pick, I'm a little sorry, but that's probably not going to happen. But a second and a prospect. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's good in pro in, in, in thought but like what's available in the free agent market not much and that's you know if some of those players like uh frederick anderson don't get signed already so you're gonna end up having to trade those very same assets to go and get a goalie that can somewhat do the same at a certain point in time you just want to get something locked up and a number one goalie locked up for two years at less than four million dollars I mean, this is the lowest amount of money that the Montreal Canadiens have spent on their goaltending in the last 15 years. It's it's incredible. Uh, they've probably they're going to be spending less over the next three years than they spent last year on goaltending. Uh, I think that should just give you an idea. It's not going to be something. Uh, there's not going to be a quick succession plan in this case. I don't think. I think that what you're going to see right now is is Allen hold the fort. Um, but I also see what the Canadians are trying to do. They're trying to show their team that they're not tanking. They're not throwing in the towel. And I know fans are going to be uh, a little mad about that, um, although some fans seem to be confused about what tanking actually looks like on the ice. We'll get to that in a sec. Um, what we're seeing here is the team basically telling a, a guy like Cole Caulfield, a guy like Nick Suzuki, like, go and play your game, and this guy's going to give you a chance to win every night. The defense in front of him might not, but he will. Um, and I think that speaks to a culture, to a team, because you don't want to be a losing team. Like Edmonton's been looking for a goaltending succession since, what, Dwayne Rollison? They haven't had a significant goalie since then. You could say the exact same thing about the Buffalo Sabres ever since they lost, um, now I'm, uh, Miller. Ever since they traded Miller, uh, they've been looking for a number one goaltender. And, you know, it's, it's been a patch job ever since. Now they finally have got top end prospects for that. So, Montreal is going to be kind of in the same situation and they have to go and get a succession plan. So having that extra two years beyond this season buys them time. And it basically, well, it basically puts out there that, that down the pipeline, there's no one yet who's ready to take over. And I think if 
if everyone watched the games we saw Primo in, he, he's definitely not ready. He needs an, at least a, an extra year in Laval full-time without being up and down all the time. And we'll see for, for as you mentioned, we'll see for the succession plan, but he's not ready as of now. The worst thing that happened to Caden Primo is the health of Carey Price. I will always state that. And I mean no offense to Carey Price. He can't control that. But the worst thing that happened to Caden Primo is the pandemic and the health of Carey Price. Because those taxi squads that forced you to carry three goalies around, and the moment there was an injury, well, boop, there goes Primo. And he's just riding the pine on all those trips. That that just kills. Like, he has played, what, like, three games on average per season, maybe? Like, it's, it's not a lot of hockey. So, you know, in my opinion, a goalie like him, especially, like, young guy coming in like that, he's got to play like at least 100 games in the AHL before you even start to talk about it. So, um, you know, no rush. Um, I think that, you know, the Canadians, again, are buying themselves time. If they feel throughout the year that it's not primo, I wouldn't be surprised if they make a move for a younger goalie uh, in an organization that has a lot of promising young goaltenders. Buffalo, for example, has too many. Um, Montreal would would probably be wise to to seek them out and see if they would like to let go of, you know, Montreal native uh, Devon Levy, for example, um, or a certain other goalie that plays for the University of Michigan. Like they have, there are there are options out there. I think the Canadians simply just need to identify how they're going to go about it. Well, one thing the Canadians have identified is that Owen Beck should be with them for the long term. And they've agreed to an, a three-year entry-level contract extending all the way up to 24-25. So going from one great 62 to another great 62, right, Marco? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, for me, Owen Beck was one of the players that I identified as being a late first round pick. I'd say probably about December of last year. Uh, You know, such an intelligent player, such a smart guy on the ice. The guy really just knows how to analyze the situation and just completely take advantage of it. Um, the way that I see it, and and this is the this is for me right now, the way that I see it is Owen Beck might be a steal in the long run for the Montreal Canadiens because of the lost season he had in the OHL. Because there's a lack of data, there's a lack of, of progression graph, the lack of offense in his draft year may have scared off some teams and had him drop lower than he should have. Um, I know that at the draft, I heard rumblings on day two that a lot of teams tried to trade up in the late first round to, to draft him. Um, Toronto thought about it long and hard before trading out of the first round. Uh, you know, So a guy like Owen Beck is, is a valuable player, but if he takes off offensively this season in the OHL and, and shatters the point-per-game ratio... You know, we're going to start talking about a guy that may not necessarily be just a potential third line center. You know, maybe there's more to it than that. And and I think that that's what he showed the Canadians. He's not going to be your typical defensive center. There's more to his game. Yeah, and honestly, he this this whole ELC couldn't come at, at a better time, right? He was, well, at least from rookie camp all the way up to, to the last game he played he was one of the best players for for montreal and as you stated marco one of the bigger surprises uh not the biggest player not 
the most physical but he was just everywhere and doing small things the right way and that's you need players like that in your lineup so big year coming up for him in in, in juniors and we'll see from here but very well deserved for for his first nhl contract and speaking of other nhl tr- contracts let's talk about logan mayu who signed a three-year elc uh quite a lot of feeling about this but i'll just go to more of the stats and and i'll throw it out to both of you i'm kind of surprised about this considering how little he's gotten to show he's had injuries right so uh, i mean a lot of people will say and point out the fact that first rounders in the chl get an elc so again i'll turn to your expertise what do you what's the thoughts here i mean a lot of people will kind of say why now um you know why don't you wait to see how he performs in the the ohl this year and, and, and see what comes of it and this and that uh, the Canadian scouting staff think highly of his potential. Um, I don't think that, you know, I don't think they would have taken the chance they did with him if they didn't. Um, but Kent Hughes had reservations and wanted to make sure that those bases were covered before he offered uh, an entry-level contract. Apparently those conversations, um, according to his agent Dylan Liptrap, happened very, very recently. Like we're talking in the month of September, like it, there was a, um, you know, there was a good summer of evaluation for him and seeing how he, he was around the team and how things were going with him. Um, and I know this is going to get the necessary pushback from, from fans and I, I get it. I, I really do. Um, and quite frankly, in my opinion, the fault in, in this whole situation relies more on the former man- management team than, than the player himself at this point. But Look, he's facing the music. He wasn't shy. The the kid was at games with the Montreal Canadiens. Um, you know, he's had to answer to the media. He's had, and he will continue to answer to the media. Like, he's not hiding any of this. He's not hiding behind generic answers. He's there. I believe in, in second chances. Um, as long as he's an agent for change, he's an agent for positivity. So I think... Um, you know, moving forward, I think he's going to be okay and, and good to go. And I think that the, the the Canadians at this point, you know, just simply want to see him play. Yeah. And aside from all like the controversies and uh, the, he's paid his dues, he's going to pay even more like coming in, in the Montreal market. We all know that. Uh, just putting all that aside and just thinking about the hockey player he's everyone keeps saying it he's one of the bigger talents you have on defense in, in the Montreal prospect pool um, so yeah we, we mentioned it before started recording he he hasn't played in, in almost two years he played just 12 games in 21-22 hasn't played the year before uh, so yeah they signed him to his ELC he's gonna get a lot of playing time in junior this year and it could be a make or break season or a couple season coming for him and we'll see what 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 gives but he's a great talent nonetheless so i i guess you just had to give him that contract let's talk about uh some other people who had to be given the business and unfortunately that was well any laval rocket players who were told they were cut mazar norlander belzil stevens richard uh this is the reality of the situation of the game that we that we all love, but there's a reality that not everyone can make the team. Any thoughts about these kinds of cuts right now? I mean, they were all predictable. Um, I think 
the Laval Rocket will only benefit from it. They're going to be a far deeper team this year than they were before. And I mean, they went to the conference finals last year in the playoffs. So that's always a good sign. Um, You know, I think they're going to be much deeper at forward than they were. And there's going to be more Montreal Canadiens related prospects on the team this year than there were, you know, in years past. Yeah. And I think we're, we're, slowly starting to see lions and and the, what the team is going to shape up like in on day one of the season uh so it's it's just a matter of time as of now i don't feel like there's too many players that still have a shot like we're talking maybe what slavkovsky is still in play but he's probably going to start this season in montreal uh on forward who who else maybe heineman gets a shot Maybe he gets games on defense. Well, defense is the real puzzle right now. But as of now, maybe Jacki, maybe Baron. Who, who, I, I'm not sure who's going to get sent down. But it was time to make those cuts and and look. We're we're starting the season in a week, so hopefully this weekend we we get more clarity on who's going who's going to make it. But it's it was time to make the, those cuts. And with that, let's also finish off with the news that Hockey Quebec and Hockey Ontario have just passed a resolution of no confidence in Hockey Canada, and they will be suspending all transfers of registration fees usually paid to the national organization. I don't think this is coming as a surprise to most of us hockey fans after all the allegations and proven things that we found out as well about this organization. It's kind of just very demoralizing. Um, I'll throw it to you too for your takes. Um, Look, I think at this point, um, you know, them kind of digging their heels into the ground and, and trying to, you know, save face and, and, and cover each other's tracks at this point, I think, you know, this is the, this is the point of no return. I think that by having the provincial bodies kind of pull their weight and, you know, take away the, take away the the bloodstream of, of this organization, I think, you know, money talks. I think that this kind of action, you know, from Quebec right now, and then you're probably going to be able to see it from, from Ontario real soon. Um, I think it speaks volume. I think that we're going in a direction where these kinds of things need to be held accountable. And if they want to lawyer up, well, there's other ways to go about that. And this is why like hockey Quebec has its own problems, but at least there's, an ability to exert influence here for change. And that's, that's to be commended. With that, let's turn to a medical update that came mid show recording. And that's one Joel Armia. And also we kind of knew this already, but now Nick Suzuki will not accompany the team on the road. All three players have upper, I should probably say Mil Heineman also also having an injury. They have upper body injuries and are remaining in Montreal for treatment. And Suzuki is listed as day to day. Yeah. I mean, it's Emil Heineman. You kind of had an idea. Um, because he, he did take a, a couple of hits right towards the end of the, the, the period. Um, Joel Armia is an interesting little bit, um, because you know he's one of those forwards on the bottom six that you're kind of not sure is going to start the season. They put him on IR and they can keep another body for a longer period of time. Uh, and they only listed Nick Suzuki as a day to day which is interesting. They didn't say anything about the statuses of Joel Armia or uh, Emil Heinemann, which is a pretty interesting thing to me. Um, I think that this will just delay cuts, in my opinion. I think that, you know, this may be how Slipkovsky stays with the team 
at least for the first game or second game of the season. Um, I'm thinking, you know, the uh, Heinemann doesn't really take up a roster spot because he didn't have one to begin with. He's just on IR. But it will be interesting to see how long those guys are up because, again, only Nick Suzuki's health was quantified. The other two was not. Well, even with, with Nick Suzuki's injury, like now you just make things even more interesting because you have guys like Monaghan, you have guys like uh, Monaghan, Dak, Evans. You have because we mentioned we have a bunch of centers on the on the team. Uh, now, if Suzuki misses a week or two, you have maybe have to play some of these guys in his center role, and and then it just frees up space on the wing. So it's. Just to make things even more interesting, we're, we're what three, two games. We have two games left in preseason, so now it's it's even it gets even more interesting in coming next Wednesday. Who knows who who will start here in Montreal? And speaking of those preseason games, let's talk about what's coming up. So tomorrow, that's oh, Thursday, October the sixth, we'll be facing off against the Senators. It's the six thirty p.m. puck drop, and then on Saturday, we'll be facing against Senators again at 7.30 p.m. And the first game of the season, officially, would be Wednesday, October the 12th at 7 p.m. Any last thoughts before we tag out for the show? Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see the battle on defense, to see which of those Canadians' prospects are going to end up cracking the roster. Um, with the injury to Edmondson, like we don't know necessarily when he's coming back. So I think we might even see three rookies on the, on the opening night roster, unless, of course, there's a trade or a pickup on waivers uh, between now and then. So it's going to be... It'll be fun. Um, I think, you know, right now you have Caden Gooley, you have Arby Jacki, Jordan Harris, and Justin Barron really in kind of the heat of it. But I also wouldn't count out a guy like Otto Leskinen, who has been tried a couple times with the Montreal Canadiens so far. Uh, he is also waiver exempt. So I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility that the Canadians would choose him over one of these rookies so that they allow one of the youngsters to really play top pair minutes in Laval as opposed to being like a third pair or a seventh defenseman. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised maybe seeing Jack I started in Montreal given some of the injuries. And and as of now, one thing that might be uh, a, a day one pairing is is Savard and Gouli, who they've been playing together most of, of the offseason, uh, of the preseason games. Uh, mm-hmm. They've been pretty good. They've, they'll get into rhythm and, and if Edmonton misses considerable time. Look for them to, to play an even bigger role in in the Habs D chart. So it's going to be interesting to see come come Wednesday, next Wednesday. And with that, we end the, this episode of the Hockey Flow again. I'm pleased to share with Adam Boucher, Mark D'Amico, both of which you can find on Twitter. Adam can be found at really Adam B, and Mark can be found at MN D'Amico. That's M N D A M I C O on Twitter. I'm Major Cordero. We'll catch you all next week. Good luck to the Habs.